0: Welcome to The Influential Nonprofit, the show for nonprofit leaders to grow their influence so they can grow their income and impact. Now, here's your host, Mary Ann Dersch. Hello,
1: and welcome to another episode of The Influential Nonprofit. I am your host, Mary Ann Dersch. This is the podcast where we talk about growing your influence means, which means getting people you have no authority over to do what you want them to do. And because in the nonprofit space, there's a lot of those people. So you can grow your income, raise more money and grow your impact, do more for more people, which is why we're here. And today I am bringing you a good friend of mine. Her name is Laura Rossman and she Has been a leader in the nonprofit space for many years. And right now she has a company where she serves as interim executive director for different organizations. So we're going to talk to Laura about who she is and what she does, how she helps, and her take on what being a leader in this space looks like. Laura has been working in nonprofits for two decades and serving for 13 years as an executive director. So, Laura, welcome. You come from a place of lived experience.
0: Yes, thanks for having <laughs> me, Mary <Marianne. laughs> Thanks for the introduction.
1: You're welcome. And so I want to start first. I always start with the same question. Yes. And I know you, and I know this question is going to make you squirm, and I'm going to ask it anyway. So the question is, what's something that you're really proud of that you don't often get to brag about?
0: Oh, this is always hard for me. And you know that Uh, something I'm really proud of that I don't often get to brag about. I, (laughs) I would say just the work that I do. I just feel so excited to be able to work with so many different nonprofits and watch them grow. I like working with small nonprofits. And so I always get to watch them grow and have aha moments and see things work in a bigger way. Yeah, that's that's what I like.
1: Really be able to see that
0: transformation. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, I hear you. All right. Awesome. So you have been an executive director for many years before you started doing the interim work, which means when people are sort of between leaders, you come in and help. And we're going to talk a little more, more about that. But tell me, like, you know, how you saw yourself as a leader to the organizations that You worked with and and you know what your philosophy is around leading those people.
0: So one of my life philosophies is to have fun and enjoy life. And I feel that work should be the same. So my philosophy is to work in a team environment, a very collaborative environment. And as I work with a lot of smaller nonprofits or small to medium size, there's usually a pretty small team. So And there's so much crossover in what everybody does. So it's really a collaborative style of leadership and providing information. I just find so many people get stressed out when there's a lack of information. So I like to provide information so people understand and people get it. They don't have to question things and know where everybody's coming from.
1: So there's like a level of transparency of let yes. like, I'm going to share everything. So, you know, really exactly what's happening and there's no having to guess or make up a story to fill in the blank.
0: That's exactly right.
1: Is that, which is what people do. And then most of the time we make up the worst story that our brains will allow us to think of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. So what's like the wackiest thing that's ever happened to you as an executive director?
0: Oh, I worked with a crazy board member that basically made everybody cry and quit the organization. And I remember one time she was chasing me through a hotel, yelling and screaming at me because I wouldn't let her have a private party on our dime. Wow.
1: (laughs) Getting chased down in a hotel.
0: Yeah. I was trying to walk away from her and she kept following me yelling. So you're walking
1: faster and then she's walking
0: faster. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. It was awful. Oh
1: no. So what <laughs> happened?
0: We did not have the party. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yes. Yeah. And basically. Did she stay on the board? You no, know, we had to ask her to leave the board. It was, it took years to figure it out, but she didn't fit with our philosophy. We were a very welcoming organization. And that just was not how we treat people in a welcoming organization. So it took the board a while to figure it out. It took me a while to figure it out. And we just had to make that move.
1: Right. It's hard to fire a board member sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it yes, really and it is. wasn't
0: and it wasn't pretty either.
1: Yeah. But the, you know, what? the separation
0: wasn't pretty. No, for me personally, nor for the organization. But you know, it really didn't make a difference in the big picture,
1: right? And that's the thing is, we're afraid to get like messy or unpretty, and mm-hmm. yet, you know, that's what clears the way for the right person to drop in.
0: Yes, you know exactly. Mm-hmm. So
1: we, you know, that and that's what you and I work on so much, and so, Laura took my up level your influence course and then she is in my the, the back end we call it the power circle. So people who have taken the course and like love the work and want to keep doing it, we do the power circle where we work through like different scenarios like these that come up to so that we can you know get through those difficult situations and get to the other side. And you know because what I'm hearing from that story is like there was a lot of like trying to figure out putting it off, you know because it was gonna get ugly but then it got ugly. And guess what? Everybody's okay. Right. Like in the big picture, it didn't, it was fine.
0: That's right. And one of the things I love about the course and the power circle is that, you know, it helps me to take the emotion out of it because when somebody's yelling and screaming at me, it's hard for me not to get emotional about it. And so to really step back, take the emotion out of it and just do what needs to be done.
1: Yeah. And so that's such a cool thing that you bring up because No, when I work on with people on leadership and what you work on is like not feeling it, like it's okay to feel upset or sad or angry. Yes. And you, but you almost look at it from an observational, huh, that's making me really angry or that, you know, and so I don't have to like react and defend like I can, that anger can come at me and yeah, it hurts because when people are angry at you, it hurts. And also I can look at, at that from. And more an observational stance and say, okay, wow, I'm really feeling angry and not having to like react back. Cause what I, you know, and I know for sure is that, that, that anger has nothing to do with you or me. Like that's that person. Right. And I think that's a lot of it. When we talk about being a master of our emotions, it's not that you don't feel anything. It's that right. you can feel it and it doesn't like, and because you're willing to just feel it and then not It's not scary, then it the power of it diminishes greatly,
0: and that's what you're
1: feeling, right?
0: Yes, Yes. And That is so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think to recognize that and try to turn my decision making into uh, you know take myself out of the what happens or what decisions are made, take my emotions out of it, right? You know, and make it from more of a it really is a better standpoint to not have any skin in the game and where we decide to go.
1: Right. So releasing the outcome, not Mm -hmm. trying to control the outcome.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So that and that must make I'm sure these skills are very helpful being an interim executive director, because I can't even imagine all the emotions that you're navigating in that situation. (laughs) So what made you decide what I would love to do is step into organizations who are in transition or, you know, are in between leaders and help them lead. And for the short term?
0: Well, you know, I think organizations don't really have an understanding of all that the executive director does. And, you know, some simple things of like, how do you get a credit card? We have to cancel this credit card our executive director had. And it has to be in somebody's name, whose name, how do we decide who's, I mean, there's just, I saw an organization at a standstill with that, figure out how to deal with that. And so, you know, I come in and take care of the small day-to-day stuff that I know, you know, happens at every organization and take that off of either the staff members or the board members, and then also work through issues that organizations are having. Cause it's, I could be that outsider. I can be that person that doesn't have any skin in the game because I wasn't there with whatever happened before I came and I can help them figure out, well, what do you want it to look like going forward? And how do we go about getting that? And then let's hire the right person in that can make that happen.
1: Yeah. And so, so what I'm hearing is like really helping them get focused now I've known of a couple of organizations who've hired EDs after long searches, you know, very thoughtful, intentional searches. And the person that came in wasn't the right fit. Yeah. And then, then it was a lot of, you know, a lot of hurt feelings and <laughs> a lot of disappointment. And what I'm hearing is, you know, what you do is an opportunity for people to take a look at, okay, that, you know, that was that person and their vision. And they okay, what do we want next? And then find some money to help you achieve that vision. And the other thing I want to say is you are excellent at systems and processes. And so another thing you do is kind of take a look at how things were working, mm-hmm. right? Like their systems and their, you know, their fundraising and all that so that they can really create more like the, the systems and the operations that work more yeah. efficiently.
0: Yes. And you know, sometimes organizations do things because they've always done it that way and so, you know, it, you just ask a lot of questions like why do we do this or have you ever thought about this and it's easier to change. It, you know, when you're an executive director, sometimes it's like I just don't want to deal like that. With that it's working. Let's keep doing it. But when I can come in and I can say, "Oh, it's so easy to change it. Let's change it and make it better." <laughs> and then it, you know, we're able to do that. So Sometimes, mostly, it's just historical reasons why things were never done, or that why things weren't changed, or things are the way they are. And it's and it's uh, nice to be able to come in and see areas where we can make things easier. And I'm all about automation. So the more you can automate things, the more you can free people up to do what the most need to be done in their jobs.
1: So give an example of an automation that you did that helps free some up, free up some time.
0: Well, the easiest example is automating your fundraising process. I mean, I worked with an organization that had a form on their website to take donations, but it wasn't connected with their donor database. So if we set up a form that connected with their donor database, well, that eliminated all the data entry that needed to be done for the donations. And that saved the fundraiser and the administrative assistant time that they could spend doing other things.
1: Right. So instead of entering data... They were out yes. building relationships and raising money.
0: Exactly. It
1: didn't uh, save time. It generated revenue.
0: Right, right.
1: And, you know, I, it's so interesting because I, I had a call with someone and she's actually joining the next round of this course. And she was a board member for 10 years. They got an ED in, it, they, she stayed for six months. It, by all, it was an amicable split, but by all accounts, just not the right fit. And everyone sounded like everyone was, you know, I had a pretty healthy take on what had happened. It just wasn't the right fit, and and so they decided to have an an interim for a year. So the board the board uh, member stepped down and said, "I'll be interim." And she her mind is blown <laughs> because from going from board member to ED, she's like, "I had no idea." Like I had you know, like that was a whole like if I could theme the conversation, like I have no idea. Right. I, you know, and now she's like, now I want to share with the board, everything I've learned. And I, it's like, I, you know, <laughs> you know, what was that show where people could go into your job? Oh, undercover boss. To be you for, you know, be a, an ED for a week. And, and I do feel like, you know, this gives an interim, like this gives people a chance to, you know, take a break, take a breath, think about what they want. and. While also improving some systems, taking a look at what's happening, and seeing you know how can we get better at what we do without feeling like they have to hire somebody right away, you know, or you know, and exactly. because they don't want to, you know, because there's so much to do and there's so much going on,
0: right? And and often I will see organizations that you know what they didn't like about the last person, that's what they'll hire in the next person, where that might not really be what they need. <laughs>
1: Right. So, so so they're hiring in a reaction to what they didn't exactly. have. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. I said, you know, you need to take a breath, take some space because you're going to go out. They left a job. And I'm like, and because you're going to go out and find either the exact opposite as a reaction to or just the exact same thing again. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you need to take a and take a reframe I think about, yes. right. Cause you, it's all a reaction instead of like proactive vision, vision. Like what is the vision? Where do we want to go? What do we want to create? Okay. Now who is the person that can best help us get there? And that's a much different space than like, oh my God, get somebody in here. Cause there's so much going on. Right. So how, how do you go ahead, Laura? Sorry.
0: I was going to say, and I would encourage people looking for an executive director position to ask those questions. Like, what is your vision? Do I have the right skills to take you on that vision? And if they don't have a vision, know what you're in for.
1: So if you're looking for an ED job, you're asking right. the question. So what's yep. your vision? Yeah. Where is this organization going? And they're like, oh, that's what we wanted you to tell us.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, uh-huh. <laughs> well, then you know what you're in for, right? Exactly.
1: Then you know, okay, now you know where you're starting from. And so how do you just jump in like this and just jump into a culture and start immediately being productive?
0: So there are you know, there are a number of things that need to take place at every organization all the time. I mean, you have payroll, you have, you have to pay bills. So, you know, usually financial is the first thing that you take a look at, you know, how, how are we doing financially? Do we have enough money? Where is the money coming from? How consistently is it coming in and where does it go out? That is number one. <laughs> so number two would just be to work with the staff because the staff, I'm telling you, and this may also be number one, you do these concurrently, but the staff is in turmoil. I mean, they don't know what their future looks like. They don't know if they're going to have jobs. They don't know uh, if, where the organization stands. They, you know, it's hard for them to do their jobs without having leadership. Sometimes they have a lot of questions they don't know who to go to to get answers. So it's, you know, really working with the staff, assuring them that, you know, if you can, assuring them that we're not going to make any changes right now, or just to keep them abreast, you know, we may make some changes, but it might be three months from now. So don't worry about it for the next three months. I will keep, I I tend to say, I tend to keep the staff posted. I tell them, I tell them everything. You know, I, I will personally tell a person if their job is in jeopardy. I won't tell it to the whole staff, but the rest of the staff, I'll say, you don't need to worry about it. If I know somebody doesn't need to worry about their job, I'll tell them that Right? just because they're so scared. They don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah. It's like you're in the backseat of a car and you, you know, and the windshield, you know, blocked, like you just have no idea where you're going. And it's scary being in that position, you know? And yeah. I love what you're saying about, cause especially on small staff, like, well, everybody knows. And then a small staff at, you know, one little shift could shift everything for the whole team. And that is sounds, you know, pretty scary, especially Mm -hmm. too if the person who left was like a long time or very beloved, you know, that there's a lot of mourning that goes on as well.
0: Yes, you're exactly right. And, you know, if they didn't leave on good terms, then that's even worse.
1: So if they didn't leave on good terms, that's just like, then there's some, you know, healing that needs. Yes. E- either way, there. I feel like there's healing on either side. You're right. Yeah, you know, with like if if somebody was beloved and they and they step away and like oh, and the, whoever that person that comes in, it's gonna be well, you'll never be her or him.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. And
1: then the other person that comes in, like oh, thank God, you know, we just it's, you're, at least you're not that person who we didn't really like and didn't like working for. And right. there's a lot of you know suspicion. I, what I what I get a sense of is yeah, there's some systems and, and things. but then also it just gives everybody a chance to sort of just like karmically reset the culture and create an identity outside of who that leader was, whether it was a good or bad situation, like who are, okay, now that that person's not here, who are we really, you know, like, and, and then move from that space forward.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that I've been told is that I have a very calming presence. And I think that is helpful. You know, there's no drama. They're probably used to drama. They're, you know, used to emergencies, used to, you know, just chaos. And so it really helps to just come in. Okay, we're going to take care of all this. Very confident, very calm. This is going to happen. If something doesn't happen, you're just like, you know, oops, it didn't happen. We're in a little bit of chaos right now, so we're going to do what we can. The other thing you I tend to look at is then programming and fundraising, because we want to make sure that we don't have a disruption in the fundraising. So if they, oftentimes the executive director will do the fundraising or, and, or the development person will, and several occasions I've had the development person leave right after the executive director left. So, you know, we need to take care of the donors. We need to ensure the donors that we're here, things are okay, things are moving forward, they're not you know, and start meeting with them and ensuring them that we're going to be fine through this transition, yeah, and then and with yeah, and with the programming, just to make sure that we're able to continue on with the programs.
1: I would say definitely you do have a calming presence, and I can see how that would be very helpful in in such chaos where you're really just bringing down, you know, all of the feelings. It's like, it's okay. Uh, You know, I get it. I Mm -hmm. understand. And then like that reassuring presence as you move people through the transition. So typically I have, I have the uh, two questions, but I'm going to answer them. How long do you stay? Right. And then do you work? Do you work full time for an organization or do you like maybe work with a couple different ones at the same time? But it feels like there's a lot to do you know, between the staff and the systems and the board and the donors?
0: Yes. So I would say typical is six months to a year. And it's, you know, it works out best if, if there's a plan in place for it, but it kind of depends on the, the, if there are issues that need to be worked out. One of the organizations i worked with, there was a lot of issues that needed to be worked out. Uh, they needed to figure out where they wanted to go, what they wanted to do, what type of leader they wanted and things like that. So there was a lot of work to be done there. I typically work part-time. I do that for two reasons. So I do 20 hours a week and I do that for two reasons. One is you don't want them to get too comfortable. They need to move on at some point.
1: Oh, Um, right, right, right. Yes, you're the the rebound ED. Don't get too comfortable. Uh That's right,
0: that's right. And, you know, and the other reason is personal reason that I want to be able to work with more than one client. So just because, you know, as a consultant, I have found that if I work for an organization for a year, I have to basically rebuild my business back up when the year is done. Yeah. So I don't want to do that, but I, I have found that 20 hours a week works pretty effectively.
1: So you work two different organizations for 20 hours a week, typically between six months to a year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because our business models are, and and that's what I love about this because any, you know, any way you want to structure a business, you can, but we've really structured it to our strengths. So, you know, I'm the leader, I'm out there. I I like, I want to recruit and train hundreds of people. You're like, I like my people. I like them for 20 hours a week, you know, (laughs) but that I'm just saying that that is the cool thing is that you can build it to meet your strengths. Right? right like and also I, I hear what you're saying, like first of all, you you don't want them to get you know overly dependent where, oh now we don't need to go look for anybody. and also transformation takes time and working out some stuff takes time and if they're and what I'm hearing is like it works best when people say, okay, we want to choose an, an, an ed an interim ED because we understand you know that we just need um, some time with this transition and we don't want to rush it. And there's a plan in place for that. So they already get the benefit of you. So, yeah. And that makes sense. And then the other thing is, you know, because you do work like really intensely for long periods of time, it's like, oh, right. Now, if you work full time for somebody for a year, then you'd have to, yeah, basically just rebuild your business again. It'd be like changing jobs every year instead of having a business.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, and you know, the timing always works out really well, too. That you know, I don't start and end to at the same time, so
1: right. So, you kind of, yeah, and,
0: yeah, so they're staggered off, yeah, they, yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah. what would you say to someone who's listening to this, a board member, or even an ED who's like thinking of transitioning out? Like, what would you say to them the benefits of having like Or maybe somebody wants to sell it to the board. We want, we should do an interim ED. What would you say the biggest benefits to doing this are?
0: Well, I think we've gone over most of them, but, you know, there is a lot of day-to-day activities that often get missed in transition. I think that is the one thing that is, you know, there will be a consistency of the day-to-day activity. Number two, you don't, your fundraising doesn't stop when the leader leaves it keeps going and the leader keeps going. And donors like to give to organizations with strong leadership. So if you don't have a leader and they're not sure where to go or what to do, then they're going to leave. So it's good to have an interim so that your donors know that they can, that the organization is going to keep going and they can have, still have trust in the organization. And then it also gives you time to think about what do you want in the new person? Where, where are you going and what kind of skills do you want? And I also assist in the hiring of the new person.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that because, right, you also help them make the selection.
0: Right. Right. So I screen the resumes and I You know the organization makes the decision, but I screen the resumes and I help them figure out what they're looking for and develop a job description with them. And you know, a lot of these organizations they've never done that. They haven't. Yeah. Do you want the same the last job description or you want a new job description? And
1: and if you um, do, what do you want it to be? And blah blah blah. And and also, like, I can see how being that neutral person coming in, like, you don't, like, you all you want them to is make a good decision. You don't care who they hire specifically. You right. just want them to make the best decision for them, in which case, you know, the board and staff can, you know, can get tied to a specific person or whatever in the process. So it seems like you establish a lot of objectivity and neutrality around that selection.
0: Right. The other thing that I've found that I've, I've done a lot is help work with organizations to figure out the staffing. Do we have the right staffing? What could we use more staff, less staff, and then you know, I also get a feel for what strengths the executive director needs. So they may think something, but I'm in mean, there doing the job every day. So I have a real feel for, you know, well, you really need somebody strong with financial skills in addition to fundraising, because right. there is a very complicated budget here, or right, you know, right, something right. like that.
1: Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I was listening to this book today and one of the comments was, you know, like a horse if a horse has a rider, the horse isn't convinced will lead them. The horse will just buck the person off.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <You laughs> that's it. a,
1: it's, like, it's like that confident leadership allows, you know, the organization to keep moving forward. Like those donors will just jump off, right? Like they're yeah. it's like, they're riding a horse. And if they don't feel confident in that leadership, they'll just be like, oh, I'm kicking you off because I'm not, I don't think you're going to lead me in the right direction and mm-hmm. thinking about like like having that confidence and that leadership is so important for staff and donors for everyone you know and just right. yeah providing that leadership during transition can just make it work so much better well i right. love this this is great it's so fun to work with you and talk with you like this and i just appreciate your contribution to our culture that we're creating or that we have created and um it's so fun to hear what you do in a more detailed way. And also like really understand how you just take what you do best, your zone of genius and have, you know, and help organizations with it. It's, it's a wonderful thing to witness.
0: Oh, well, you're so nice. And I can't tell you how much your class and your, the power circle afterwards has, has helped me in terms of, you know, each organization has different needs and It's really nice to have a group to go talk to about all the different circumstances that come up that I you know, I don't know everything, of course. Nobody does. So (laughs) it's nice to have a group to talk to.
1: And I don't know everything either, which is why I have a group because I'm not I don't know. Like I maybe I know some stuff and 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 not only like having answers, but what we do so well is help you you know, come help you to ask the questions to come to your own answers. Yes. And, yes. That, and that's what seems really powerful. Yeah, we are quite a quite a squad. I just love it so much. Oh my gosh, it's and wonderful. It, it is the best. I mean, mm-hmm. so so many EDs and, and we feel so isolated and disconnected and this is just a great unbiased, you know, mm-hmm.
0: sacred container.
1: It's not a board person. It's not a staff person. It's not your spouse. They're just like people who are like like you and I, doing our best to, to really lead and influence as effectively as we can and, and who are committed to doing the work to get there. And right. that's what makes it so fun. All right. Now I have the last question because we're almost out of time. So okay. my, my last question is, so, you know, I love karaoke.
0: True, <laughs> right?
1: So if we were at a karaoke, which we could be, um, because we live in the same city, tell me what would be your go-to karaoke song?
0: So I do not sing. I did karaoke once and I was so embarrassed I couldn't make words come out of my mouth. So I'm not a (laughs) karaoke person, but I dream of it. And, you know, I did a lip sync contest, which is better because then I didn't have to make noise. But I really would, I would do Walk This Way by
1: Aerosmith. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) So that is an awesome, that is a powerful (laughs) song.
0: (laughs) It's very dirty, it so, dirty. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just love it. So, I mean, there, there's a number of songs. Okay. And in full
1: disclosure, Laura was on the board of an organization. Are you still on the board?
0: I am. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And they did this lip sync <laughs> battle every year. So all of these people would get together and they would pick a song and then they would Create a lipstick act like the TV show. And Laura's like, Hey, do you want to be a backup dancer? Because she <laughs> knows who I am. Like, I'm like, Sure. Do you want to be a backup dancer? I'm in this lipstick battle. And I'm like, Yeah, okay. And, and then I'm like, Okay, choreography is this day. And we had like meetings with the choreographer and costume. And <laughs> I'm like, Dang, this is well, they wanted to put on a good show, right? But they literally yeah. had put choreographers in place with each group to help them create this like act, this, you know, lip sync act. And we did, we had, we did the
0: show. (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) It was so fun. It was very fun. It was very fun. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And you did, you stretched yourself and you had a blast with it. and And it was a really cool fundraising idea I'd never seen anything like that before so
0: yeah and you know with COVID they were I mean the contestants and everybody was so disappointed we couldn't do it (laughs) and it's not something I mean I'm telling you lip sync battle it's
1: a battle (laughs) and each group raises money through their you know it it raised a lot of money it was a ton of fun so yeah. there, there, everybody, there's, there's your post COVID freebie event idea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honest event I've ever been to in like 20 years.
1: <laughs> I was like, lip sync. Wow. I don't want to lip sync. Give me the yeah. mic. <laughs> it was, it was really fun. And it was, it's yeah. always fun to put on a show. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of show, I'm at the end of mine, uh, Laura Rossman. It was great to meet you in, in the Laura and the show notes will be Ways if you want to talk with Laura Mar about what she does, you can get in touch with her there. And just thank you so much, Laura. I appreciate it.
0: And Marianne, thank you. And
1: if you haven't yet, please download your Uplevel Your Influence Starter Kit. Go to the nonprofit.com. I have so many cool goodies in there for you to start really upleveling your leadership in the way that Laura and I were talking about today where you show up and you know how to get the best out of everyone around you, including yourself. And yeah. I will see you next week on The Influential Nonprofit.
0: Thanks for listening to The Influential Nonprofit with your host, Marianne Dirsch. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Also, check out the theinfluentialnonprofit.com for more resources on growing your influence so you can raise more and do more.